Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Right. As our campus pastors come up, I do want to point out that we are one short, and that is Jim Wills, who is home recuperating from knee replacement surgery. Uh, he's doing very well. I saw him two weeks ago at the campus in Ironton, and, and he's feeling much better. But his doctor has told him no car rides more than an hour long. Because one day he told me that he and his wife went for a ride, and they were gone for a couple of hours. And on the way home, he stopped at a convenience store and bought an eight-pound bag of ice to put on his knee when he got home. So Jim is not with us today. But we want you to know we love him and appreciate him. He is supposed to be back at work on Monday, so uh, we are hopeful for that. All right? Gentlemen, we have some questions for you. They are about your eschatology, your soteriology. <laughs> Next. Next. All right. All right. We're going we're gonna, to, uh, Spencer and I are going to tag team on this, and we've got some questions we're going to ask everybody and some questions we're going to ask one or two. Uh, for that process. But gentlemen, I'll ask you to come to the podium uh, to answer your questions. But this is my question. We'll just go down the line as you are in order here. What experience and education do you you bring to the position? Steve? My uh, first church, my position was children, youth, and senior adults. Found out that they had a lot in common. I always pastored churches of people who are older than I was, even as I aged. I have a doctorate of ministry from Midwestern, so that's my uh, education. But my experience is probably the fact that as a pastor in Yosho, Missouri, uh, I began by just noticing that the senior adults weren't showing up at anything other than Sunday morning services. So I began to panel them and ask them, so why, why am I only seeing you on Sunday mornings? And they shared with me they don't drive at night. And so that was new to me. And so I said, well, what if we had a Bible study on Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock? And there was a couple of them that were excited about that. And I thought, well, this will be something I do for a year or two. Then the dinosaur will die. But it gives me an opportunity to get to know these senior adults. Well, that began to be the kind of the driving momentum behind my ministry because I was caring about the aging and the older folks in our community and it ended up growing. It never really died. In fact, it's still living beyond uh, my being there. But just being in that center, in that uh, ministry there is where I grew a heart for senior adults and ended up that Bible study actually went to a living center across the street and we were able to do it inside the living center at that time. And so that didn't make sense to me at all that time, but now it does because God was preparing me and equipping me for the job at Independence. And so I tell the people at Neosho when I see them, you guys prepared me and trained me for the job I have now today. My name is Ken Martin. I'm the campus pastor at Ashland, a product of Midwestern Seminary uh, through their satellite in St. Louis. I bring 45 years of ministry as a pastorate, the last 10 years being transitional ministry. Also, just recently endorsed by the North American Mission Board as a chaplain in healthcare ministry. Ron Adrian, Ozark Campus. I've had the joy of being a pastor of six churches in five states since 1968 and have ministered to thousands of 
seniors and have extensive nursing home experience as a pastor. And it's a joy and a blessing to be a part of the Baptist Home Ministries. The next question that we have for you, we have two of our guys that are going to respond. The question is this, what do you like most about serving as a campus pastor? And Steve from Chillicothe, would you answer? So uh, being around senior adults, you get to know their personalities and you find that they are a joy uh, to be around. They make you laugh. They put you in your place. <laughs> it, is, it is so fun to be with them, and I am a joking person, so joking with them uh, is something that I enjoy doing. But uh, I would sum that up by being a blessing and being blessed uh, by the residents is the best joy. I uh, also enjoy building relationships with the staff and the residents uh, through personal visits, Bible study, and fellowship uh, with them, and, you know, just, just a great. One great memory I have early in my ministry, I went to the Ironton campus with a group of people from my church, and one of the older ladies at the campus at that time said, are you going to be bringing the sermon today? I said, yes, ma'am. Well, don't preach us none of that powder puff gospel. You preach to us. <laughs> All right, our next, next question is for Ron Adrian and Buddy Funk. How has your position been used to advance the Great Commission? I feel a little more comfortable with that. Now you guys know you're in trouble when I grab the mic. So, <laughs> First of all, let me say this. I appreciate the fact, and many of you have commented about Dr. Harrison being a visionary leader. Uh, when Dr. Harrison's by himself, he speaks about this board being a visionary board and allowing him to do the things uh, that he senses that God is calling him to do. So I thank you that you stepped out on a ledge and were willing to allow uh, the Baptist Homes to purchase the home in independence, one, because it provides me a job. Uh, but another reason is it is a mission field. I know that my title says that I am the campus pastor at Independence. Let me put this in perspective for you. I am your campus missionary in Independence, okay? You purchased a home that many of the residents don't know Christ, Many of the staff don't know Christ, and they're hungry, and they need to hear the gospel of Christ. I probably have more opportunity than most of these guys to truly share the gospel. And I'll tell you, at times you see resistance to that, and other times you see an openness to that. And so my opportunities to share the gospel and be the fragrance of Christ that I spoke about earlier are very often. And so I would just encourage you to pray for that campus that the Lord would just bring about a revival. My pastor spoke about dry bones one Sunday morning out of Ezekiel, and I just sat down and I began to write the names of dry bones at the campus, an independence that doesn't know Christ. And my vision, my goal, what I would like to see God do is put the fragrance of Christ in there and for people to come to know Christ in that place. So that would be my prayer, and that would be also just my encouragement, and that's how I've been able to share the gospel. I am your missionary at the Baptist Home in Independence. There you go. You want that back? Okay, very good. In reality, we're pastors, missionaries, and evangelists, and twice uh, every week we conduct uh, services at our Baptist homes, uh, Wednesday afternoon and Sunday mornings. And at every single one of these services, I try without fail always, always to present the gospel and the salvation of Christ in Christ our Lord and our Savior. 
I also prepare a packet of material that I pass out at every service, usually three or four, sometimes five pieces of paper. It will have a Christian witness, a brochure. It'll have the Bible study notes at the services. Uh, usually it'll be a nice poem like Helen Steiner Rice, one of her poems, and I'll review some of that in the services. And then those that are unable to attend or do not attend by their choice, uh, then that gives me an opportunity to go personally to their rooms and say, here's what we had in our services today. Let me leave this with you. And many times I'm able to have a, a special prayer with those folks. It's a joy and a blessing to be in an environment where people need the gospel and also the opportunity to be a positive Christian witness to all the staff. And I know out in the public and perhaps in our churches, many of them feel that all of our staff are very, very dedicated, committed Christian people that love the Lord and never miss a church services and this type of thing. That'd be great if that was true, but we hire from the community. And so here's another whole mission field for us pastors to, to really work in a kind, gentle, considerate way uh, with those uh, that are working. And we heard earlier we have quite a turnover in all of our facilities. And so some of these people are there just for a short season. So there's a tremendous opportunity for not only the pastor, but other dedicated workers in the, in the facility and even the, even the residents to pray for them, to be a positive, encouraging witness. And then I also make sure that all of our staff gets, gets the handout material that I prepare twice every week. And I say, take this home to your family and you can read it to your children or grandchildren or whatever the case may be. And that has worked in a very positive way for us. Next, we're going to have Steve and Ken and Ron speak to us in that order. How has your position uh, supported the great commandment? At Baptist Homes facilities, you live in community. And when you live in community, you learn things about your neighbors that you may not want to know. I, I don't know if you have a garage door opener, but sometimes you go in your garage, you shut it, you go into your house, and you don't interact with your neighbors. Well, when the great commandment says, love your neighbor as yourself, I often say, it's that other neighbor that he's talking about. Not the one you get along with, but the one you don't get along with. That does not change as you get older. You still have interactions with people that you have a hard time getting along with. That's who God has called us to love with the love of the Lord. So I'm constantly talking about the great commandment, both with our residents as they deal with each other, living in community, and also dealing with staff who uh, they don't always enjoy. So uh, that is the great commandment at the Baptist homes. <laughs> Jesus spoke of the great commandment in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Basically, it's to love each other in the spirit of Christ. And our exceptionally good administrator, Pam Workman, and all of our uh, management staff uh, demonstrate that on a daily, regular basis, often, every opportunity that we get. So it's just not the campus pastor, but it's the management people and many of the other staff. Just like last night, we had Twani here, uh, our employee of the year. You just ought to see her work with those people. You would be so proud and so blessed to see how she ministers to those folks in the name and the love of Christ, fulfilling the great commandment as we ought to every day at the Baptist homes. Brother Ken. 
not only do the residents have to deal with each other, but they also deal with some family members, members that they bring in. And so right now I'm dealing with a lady who has a very, very unforgiving aspect towards a grandson who had abused her financially. And so we're working through that with the love of God and, uh, and the love of each other. So I ask you to pray for that situation. This question is for Steve and Ron. How has COVID made your work difficult? Uh, in two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as we talked about earlier, Glenn, uh, we can blame everything on COVID. Uh, we have had two rounds of COVID in our facility. It caused 15 deaths. Uh, in November of last year, we had 13 deaths in about a six-week period, not all of them related to COVID. I do a lot of funerals. I did not want to do any more funerals, did not want to go to any funerals, did not want to be a part. Thankfully, God gave us a respite. Uh, we have had less deaths this year than we've had in any year since I've been there, and I'm thankful for that. Ron? Well, it's been a lot of challenges, and I happened to be at the Baptist home when the shutdowns came last year ago in March, in April. And we've just had to be very innovative to think of new ways. And I was able to pull from resources of years of pastoring people and just developing various ways and situations. Another situation that has already been mentioned, we also work a lot with the families and either a personal one-on-one -on -one or on the phones or however the case may be, trying to work with them and work out the situation. We're doing better than we've done before. But there's, it's a great, great learning experience. And again, it's a real team effort from our administrator all the way down to, to our maintenance guys, everyone working together to make things work well for the glory of Christ. Along the same lines on COVID, uh, I'm going to ask the same two gentlemen, but we're going to give uh, Ron a break and let Steve go first. How has COVID provided new opportunities for ministry? I hate iPhones, but... Uh... <laughs> We purchased an iPhone for the facility, and uh, we use it to communicate more than we ever have. It was because of the challenges of COVID and uh, families feeling locked out that we used uh, programs that I was trying to teach them how to get it on their phone so that they could talk to uh, their loved ones. And uh, that that has just changed. Now, it has dropped off dramatically, but one thing that I do uh, that I didn't do before COVID was I go around, people hate me when I'm coming with my iPhone taking pictures because I take the pictures that we can't put on Facebook and I send them to their families and their families write back, oh, thank you for sending, you know, that picture. Every once in a while, I'll send a good photo-worthy picture that we can put on Facebook. <laughs> Most of the time, these are unpublishable pictures. So, and not, not inappropriate unpublishable. <laughs> don't, don't go there. But that's been the challenge that uh, has created opportunity with COVID. Well, a lot of opportunities are available to us. And after COVID and during COVID, I think it's very important that we show an extra amount of personal care and concern, spend time one-on-one, -on -one, whether it be in their rooms or in the hallway or the day rooms or at the meal times, and uh, just listen to them. And then when there's a concern that comes up in their life, have a personal word of prayer and pray specifically for that person and that particular need. I try to be sensitive to those things. Uh, I also spend Saturdays at the home 
because that just works best for our situation there. And uh, several months ago, we started a Saturday morning prayer fellowship. And we started off with four or five in the activity room. Uh, last Saturday, we had 18 that were able to come. And uh, this takes about an hour. We start off singing some old courses that they sang uh, when they were teenagers in their youth programs or at Youth for Christ or whatever it may be. And then uh, from there, I take prayer requests three at a time. We write them all down. And then we have a volunteer or I volunteer somebody uh, to pray specifically by name for those three particular prayer requests. And then we just keep the cycle going and we just never run out of things to pray for. And uh, during the week that we were asked to pray for the Baptist home, we had a special prayer service there and then on that Wednesday as well. And the people were very, very happy about those opportunities. And then that gives us opportunities to also build relationships with these people and show them that we really care for them and we love them. And the longer we're there, the better we like it, the more that we love our folks, and it's an honor and a blessing to be a part of it. And Ron hates the iPhone too. <laughs> All right, this question is for Buddy and Ken. What is your favorite memory from your service as a campus pastor? Keep you on a leash, man. Yeah, okay. Uh, there, I have a lot of funny things that have already happened in the short time that I've been there, but my the most memorable moment to me will be when I walked into one of our residence room, and this was in the first couple of days of me being there. I walked in there. I knew that she was a believer. I walked in her room, and she says, I've been praying for you. You don't know me. She says, I've been praying for you. I said, what do you mean you've been praying for me? She said, well... I've been in this facility, and she told me how long she'd been in the facility there in Independence. She said, and I've been praying for God to bring about changes. And God has answered my prayer by bringing Baptist homes here. And now God has answered my prayer for there to be a pastor here that will share the gospel. And I just, to me, I realized I wouldn't, I'm on holy ground at Baptist Homes of Independence because God has brought together Baptist Homes is looking for homes. Here's a woman that is silently praying in her prayer, and I will forever believe that God answered her prayer Amen. by bringing Baptist Homes and Baptist Independence together. Amen. So that'll be the memory that sticks with me forever. Most of you know I'm fairly new to Ashland, and so, but I still have some favorite things, that, and one of them is going on right now. We have a man in hospice, and so I've been able to go alongside him and his wife and talk about the promises of God, and you can see his eyes just light up as he looks to heaven. The other thing is, when I was first there, we had a fellowship, and they just happened to know that my favorite was Blackberry Cobbler. <laughs> All right, this is for each of you, and just briefly come up and, and tell us how it is that the board and our leadership team can pray for you. As you all know, um, COVID has beat up the healthcare industries. And I've said for a long time that hospitals have been rewarded and nursing homes have been blamed. And the nurses know this. And their morale is absolutely in the pits, understandably so. And pray that I can be a light of lifting that morale a little bit um, because they feel that brunt every single 
day. And COVID has caused a divide at every single level. So whatever the issue related to COVID, you have people on opposite sides that just don't agree. And we, we can't say we agree to disagree. It's you battle it out. And that's with every aspect of COVID. So pray that I can help with the issue of morale. Every time you put on deodorant, cologne, perfume, shower, may the aroma of Christ be at Baptist Home of Independence. As you know, our facility at Ashland is expanding with a 70-bed facility with nursing facilities, and so that will be very new to our campus. So I just ask that you pray for wisdom for Derek and the staff to be able to deal with that in a very, very spiritual way. Briefly, two things came to my mind immediately. We ask you to pray for the spiritual development of all of our residents and all of our staff, and also for our staff to be very effective in providing Christ-like care that sets us apart from all the other facilities in our communities. Also, another prayer request is that we're going to be able, in the days ahead, to be able to offer competitive wages uh, to recruit and maintain proper staff. At present, uh, so often in our area, we're just not competitive. And you know, people just don't line up to come work at a Christian industry or a Christian organization. In many ways, many times, that ends up being the, the, the opposite. So that's a real prayer concern, I'm sure, for all of us. And at the Ozark campus, those are issues that we're very concerned about, and we want to do the very best that we can to honor the Lord. All right. I'm going to ask Spencer, if he would, to lead us in a prayer for our campus pastors and their ministries. Father, as in the article that was uh, published some weeks back about the secret sauce of campus pastors, uh, that was not just a catchy phrase, but it is, uh, it is true these men are serving where they are because they were called by you to do that, uh, to make a difference in the lives of uh, residents and staff, and we thank you for them. It's been a difficult uh, time through the COVID period. It's... Uh, we're, we're short of staff. We've got lots of needs. We have people that are very divided about vaccine and mask and quarantine and all the things that are very real for those people. And, uh, Father, we just pray that your hand would be on these men and the administrators and all the staff as they serve uh, in a Christ-like manner uh, with these dear people. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by the Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome.org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.